Welcome, Bird Gang. On today's show, we look ahead to preseason game number two. The Kansas City Chiefs are in town Friday night. Should be a good test. The Chiefs are expected to be one of the better teams this season. Of course, that is if all the names we're familiar with play. Guess we'll have to wait and see. So how did we get to this point where a lot of the starters don't play in the preseason? Cliff Kingsbury had an interesting answer. Tongue-in-cheek, I think. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 455. And it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins. One-handed catch and a touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins. Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. So a lot of talk, MJ, and maybe more talk than usual, at least that I can remember during training camp. What is the best way to prepare your team for the regular season? We've heard head coach Bill Belichick, well, you have to practice to play. You have to be on the field in order to get ready for football. There are other coaches that take the complete 180 and say, you know what, Uh uh-uh, Sean McVay, my starters aren't playing. As long as I'm here, Matthew Stafford will never take a single snap in the preseason there's got to be a little bit of a happy media somewhere we can meet in the middle for all of this to make sense well coming up on friday uh, according to reports andy Reid is going to play his starters the entire first half and maybe he's treating it like that third preseason game i listened to david cully the other day he said the starters will play the almost into the third quarter in the third preseason game obviously a brand new head coach he's trying to change the culture there so everyone's different, but Tom Brady, he plays in the preseason. Yeah, and that was certainly an eye-opener two weeks ago, or I should say last week with the Buccaneers. I don't think he's going to play this week, but in New England, he was playing into the second half, and you're talking about a perennial MVP candidate and a Super Bowl contending team, so obviously it's worked in New England. Other teams believe it's different, and you mentioned Andy Reid. Here's his quote. We'll go a half somewhere there about with the starters, and the twos and threes will take the second half, end quote. Of course, that message was then relayed to Cliff Kingsbury, who said, hey, you know what? What they do is what they do. It's not going to change our plan. Perfect follow-up. All right, well, what is your plan then, coach? Quote, you'll have to tune in. And I think right now everyone, based off of last week, and there was some disappointment, and I get it, Kyler Murray didn't play. I do think we will see number one on the field this Friday with the Kansas City Chiefs in town. How much? At least a series. I wouldn't go as far as to say the entire first half. I don't even think MJ will see him for the entire first quarter. My guess is a series. If that series goes well, he's done. If they need another series to get off the field feeling good about themselves, then maybe a second series, but no more than that. Yeah, and no design runs. I mean, try to get them in rhythm with a couple of short passes. Let them throw the ball down the field. Uh, you don't want to show a ton, but I, I kind of leaning with you. I thought he was going to play last week, and I think we all did, uh, but I think it's trending in that direction right now and now it's just a matter uh, they already ruled out DeAndre Hopkins we know you know some guys are that possibly have are still rehabbing from uh, injury so they'll, they'll definitely be out um, but again uh, it's 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 like a catch-22 it's not if you told me somebody's going to get hurt then don't play the guy but we don't that's not that's not how it works it's a physical sport 
you know, Chase was asked, you know, how do you approach preseason versus the regular season? He said, I caught a pass last week, and I would normally turn up the field, but I went out of bounds, you know, live for another place. You so don't fight for those extra two, three, four yards right now. More just, you know, making sure you're doing your assignments, making sure the offense is, you know, has some sync and rhythm. So it's different for everyone, but there's nothing like live reps. And, you know, Kyler Murray, I mean, yeah, just talking to some of the scouts over the last couple of days, I mean, he his his accuracy is on point. He's making so many tight throws and tight windows, and that means the defense is doing their job. And, you know, he, we always talk about he wants to be a pocket passer, but you could see the, the – I don't know if it's the – he always had a strong arm, but now it's it's he's more accurate. Clearly, we're always looking at that 11 to 19 yards. We know he can spin the ball down the field. So, um, you know, I want to get into Kyler's comments because he's, I give him a lot of credit for being honest. And the way he practices, he feels like that's more that he can get out of it. Now, again, when you go against a different opponent, different looks, I think there's something to be said about that too. Yeah, Kyler Murray speaking to the media earlier this week, not fond of the preseason. I like going hard in practice. And I understand what he's talking about because as a competitor, there is something to be said about whether you win or you lose. There has to be something tangible at the end of your competition. Whatever that is that you're competing against or with someone next to you, there has to be an end result. And in the preseason, there is no end result. As he said, it doesn't count. Although the flip side is, well, at least you're getting a different look. It's a different color uniform on the other side. So there is something to be taken out of that. But I do think based off how Kyler Murray has operated and just how he's wired, if, I, if you tell me I'm playing in a game, then I want to play the entire game. And I'm going to play the best of my ability and win. Don't suit me up and then all of a sudden pull me after a series or two. That that would get frustrating as a competitor. So I understand that, yet Murray did understand also that there are reasons for preseason, and those guys that are fighting to make a roster spot, these games, including Friday night, are huge for those back into the roster players. Now, you know, eventually if the NFL goes to 18 games, they're going to reduce the preseason to two, and that's, that's where you still get the 20 this year at 17 regular season games and three preseason games. Listen, when it comes to young players, I mean, they need it. I mean, look, look at Zavian Collins and how much reps he's getting. Starting in the offseason, rookie camp, OTAs, mandatory mini camp. He's taking a ton of reps in training camp. Um, and then he got a chance to play, what, 23 snaps? Correct. That wouldn't have happened last year. So when it comes to first year, second, third year guys, they need that. The tra- uh, the uh, preseason games because we know with an 86 man roster, um, there's gonna be a lot of guys that are not gonna make the roster. So you're also you know putting stuff on film for the 31 other teams. So I I think it's beneficial. I mean, I guess two's enough as long as you can get a joint practice. And next year the Cardinals on paper will have two road preseason games and you want to sync it up before that game you know how I feel about joint practices I just couldn't do it this year hosting two and so next year you find out the preseason schedule and then you try to sync up a joint practice so um, that's ideally and that's where you get more work like I always talk about you can put your number one wide receiver on their number one corner you can have their pass rushers going against your left tackle you can get that in training camp but after a while I know your tendencies you know my tendencies 
and maybe you don't have the same competition day in and day out, even though everything's filmed. So I, I do think there's a benefit to the preseason for the young guys just to get their feet wet because when we talked to Tay Gowan, we talked to Marcus, uh, Marco Wilson, and what they say? Speed of the game. And it's going to get a lot different in week one. Oh, yeah. There is an adjustment from an NFL practice to an NFL preseason game to an NFL regular season game. There is a different level each time you ramp up. And right now, those reps that these guys, these young players are getting, I think will help them because the adjustment is not nearly as great as it was a year ago for Isaiah Simmons, who had none of that. And all of a sudden, you're jumping from college speed to pro speed. And that, you could tell his head was on a swivel, and that's where the mistakes came. And as a result, after week one, he kind of disappeared a little bit. I don't expect that out of any of these rookies or first-year players that are getting an opportunity to be that behind because of these valuable reps they're getting. Yeah, and we look at a guy like Marco Wilson. He played in the best conference in football. He went against, you know, the Devontae Smiths and uh, Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddell. But for him to say it's a lot different. It's the speed of the game. And he was going against, you know, second and third string guys. You know, obviously some guys that were maybe you know, going to make the Cowboys roster. So I just think it's beneficial when you get on the field and you get valuable reps. Of course, you heard what Kingsbury had to say as far as who he blames for all of this talk about play or not to play. He always goes to one head coach in the National Football League. It's that coach in Los Angeles, Sean McVay. He blames course, him? Yes, he blames him for a lot of things, good friends on and off the field, but that is the one head coach that in doubts or something happens, it's always it's always Sean McVay. Or I did this because of Sean McVay. Or I watched this because of Sean McVay. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're, they're tied at the hip. They are. And when he talks about McVay, he kind of opens up more than he does on other stuff. Yes, we'd like to see a little personality out of the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, and Kind of got it a little bit earlier on Wednesday, but uh, as he said, tune in to figure out exactly what the Cardinals' plan in is this preseason game number two with the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, State Farm Stadium is the location. 5 p.m. is the kickoff, nationally televised on ESPN. And, of course, the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network pregame coverage begins at 1.30. As we continue here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Before we get into what we want to see on Friday, you brought up Kyler Murray and how he has looked. Remember, a week ago, he did not go through team drills the Wednesday prior to the Dallas Cowboys game. So he had limited reps Wednesday. It was a walkthrough on Thursday, nothing Friday, player day off Saturday. He came out Sunday and was on target the entire practice. That has continued all the way to Wednesday's practice. You mentioned the small windows. There are a lot of guys making good catches, whether it's the tight end position, a running back, or a wide receiver. But right now, of course, you don't want to be peaking but certainly Kyler Murray looks very, very good. And we are in that position now where all we see is stretch position drills. But sometimes you get a little bit of a window in what happens when practice is closed. Chase Edmonds, via his Twitter account on Monday, tweeted this. K1 threw a damn ball on the run today, about 50 yards in the air. On my soul, it would have been a dime in every currency in the world. Lord have mercy. Well, I guess Kyler Murray looks pretty, pretty good, and he's uh, regular season ready, if you will. Yeah, I mean, you you know when we watched him in the rookie minicamp, how quick his arm release was, how quick he gets rid of the ball. And then, obviously, him and Clifford work. And then, you know, you, you see the throws 
the fact that he can throw from the right hash mark on the out route to hop on the other side, it's not an easy throw for any quarterback. He does that. But here, again, he worked out a ton in the offseason. Not saying he put weight on, but more muscle mass. But that ball's coming out quick, and he's finding these guys. And, and again, it's not like they're wide open. I mean, these, these crossing routes – you know, basically when the when the fans were here, these crossing routes, I mean, you got to throw it in between there because otherwise it's going to get deflected or intercepted. And he had a couple bad days. That's going to happen. You know, a lot of times the defense ahead of the offense, they kind of know what they're going to do so that guys know where, where they line up in certain spots. But um, the arm strength has really stuck out to me um, since training camp has started. And it's his touch passes as well, dropping the ball over the arm of a defender, over the back shoulder of a wide receiver, and just how accurate he is. It was immediate once Kyler Murray arrived with the Arizona Cardinals. You could tell he threw a different football just coming out of his hands, and now I think it's the accuracy. He's always been accurate, but now, as we talked about earlier this week on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, Cardinals working the ball down the middle of the field, specifically to the tight ends and running backs. If that all of a sudden can be opened up and a new dimension to this offense, if you will, then all of a sudden you're moving the chains, you're getting into the red zone, hopefully you're getting into the end zone for six as opposed to field goals of three. Now all of a sudden this offense can be what we all anticipated with Cliff Kingsbury as the head coach. And it's amazing, you know, you, you know, first year five wins and you get to eight wins and that third year – that's when you see the jump. And, and other guys, you know, Mahomes had the beauty of sitting basically only played in week 17 when they clinched the playoff berth. You know, initially Baker Mayfield was backing up Tyrod Taylor. Uh, you look at Josh Allen, he's been getting all the reps there. So that third year, it, it, you hear it all the time, and now you're starting to see it. Now we need to see it during the regular season. Kyler Murray asked about year three, quote, I feel great. I feel good about where we are, how far we've come, the strides that we've made offensively. We're in a good spot. So, so far, so good. Again, it is just training camp. It is just preseason. We need to see it come the regular season. But as we focus now on what's ahead of us here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, preseason game number two, the Kansas City Chiefs, perennial Super Bowl contenders. They will be once again one of the favorites out of the AFC and maybe the favorite out of the AFC, Patrick Mahomes and company in town. According to head coach Andy Reid, as we discussed earlier, starters are going to play the first half. So I think an excellent test for the Cardinals' first team and even the second team. Where do they stack up? How far do they still need to go to be regular season ready with a great opponent coming to State Farm Stadium? Yeah, this is going to be a great tune-up. You know, Dallas obviously rested their players, and then you get to the third game. It's more about, you know, trying to figure out who's going to be at the back end of the roster. So this is like the third preseason game, even though it's the second. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, baptism by fire when it comes to their second unit going against Patrick Mahomes. Now, he only played, what, four snaps, and they handed the ball off twice, and they played all four quarterbacks. Chad Henney, uh, you know, made some plays. He had an interception. Um, They got weapons all over the field. You know, Travis Kelsey, you look at Tyreek Hill, you look at the running game. Uh, You know, their offensive line obviously wasn't the same in the Super Bowl, but this is a quality team, and 
they're going to be in the thick of things when it comes to the AFC. Excited about this matchup just because of the quality of opponent, whether or not it's on ESPN or nationally televised. That, to me, is not a big deal, although it'll be interesting to see some of those young kids, the rookies, if you will, how they react because now if they've got family and friends who can't be at State Farm Stadium and all of a sudden now it's an opportunity for them to be in front of their family and friends wherever they are throughout the world. So how do you react? How do you perform as they say when the lights are on? And There is no brighter light than Monday Night Football. And yes, it's the Monday Night Football crew, but it's a Friday preseason game. Yeah, actually when the, when the preseason schedule came out, now clearly, you know, Dak was coming off the injury, so you didn't know, and it's the first one. I, I really circled this one right here. Because, the Chiefs game? Yeah, just because of the opponent. And yes, they're in the AFC, and you're going to play Dallas down the road. Um, the Saints game, I got to think, you know, we're going to see a lot of Colt McCoy and Chris Trevler, rightfully so, and the Cardinals will have a bye before uh, they start to get their uh, regular season in kind of a routine. And, the, and when the Cardinals break camp, that's when I think we're going to see J.J. Watt on the field and some of these other guys we haven't been able to see. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a great opportunity. But when the schedule came out, this is the game I circled. All right, let's get into who – Or the preseason schedule. Who we are not – I repeat, who we are not expected to see on Friday because Kingsbury has already ruled out Chandler Jones, who once again was not seen during the open portion of practice on Wednesday. Same thing on Tuesday. Rashard Lawrence we have not seen on the practice field in recent days. Jordan Phillips has been, I think, up to two weeks. And Marcus Golden will be a game day decision. He also was not present during the open portion of practice on Wednesday. And, of course, J.J. Watt remains on PUP. Offensively, Unlikely to see DeAndre Hopkins, though he did participate during the open portion of practice on Wednesday. And, of course, Justin Murray, Brian Winters, that battle for right guard. Still, right now, it is Josh Jones's position because he's the only one that is healthy. It has been good to see over the last couple of days, MJ, A.J. Green participating in position drills. Does that mean we get to see him now on Friday? Because that would be a first. And without Hopkins, potentially, then you've got Kyler Murray with at least two of his top three receivers. And then, of course, Rondell Moore in the mix as well. And also Christian Kirk. So last week, Murray, Baker, Hopkins, Green, Denard, Wesley, Jones, Winters, Murray, Lawrence, Allen, and Phillips, and Peters didn't play. <laughs> That's so, a long list. But we can we can say A.J. Green is a possibility. Zach Allen's a possibility. Um I don't think they want to play Corey Peters until we, they get to week one. We don't know the latest on Jordan Phillips. So, yeah, we're going to see some guys that didn't play last week play this week. I'm hopeful that the Kyler Murray, A.J. Green, what fans have seen during training camp, we see for maybe a snap or two, or I should say a connection or two here in a game setting because I think as much as we've talked about A.J. Green and impressed and people that have come and watched, if the rest of the National Football League can see for themselves how A.J. Green has looked Maybe it's that hit the reset button on his career after so many years in Cincinnati. Kyler Murray to A.J. Green, I want to see that Friday. Well, well I can tell you this. The, the scouting department, they're, they're bullish on A.J. Green. They, they just think it's a matter of time. And, he, you know, as you pointed out, I hit the reset button. I think that's similar with J.J. Watt and Malcolm Butler, et cetera. But, yeah, I mean, he looks the part, and, you know, he's just got to stay healthy. Yeah, and that's something that we say a lot. 
if healthy. And if you have a healthy A.J. Green with DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, this offense certainly can light up the scoreboard, you hope. Remember, no Andy Isabella. He remains on the reserve COVID-19 list. So that should open up the door for other players, maybe an Andre Bocelli out there, maybe a Rico Gafford, obviously Keyshawn Johnson, Antoine Wesley. It's been good to see him on the football field. Been very impressed with number 33 just because of his height. When you look at the Cardinals wide receivers at six foot four, Wesley is right there with an A.J. Green and a DeAndre Hopkins and Keyshawn Johnson. Receivers who are over six feet tall. And I think it does say something when you have a larger receiver, not only is a bigger target, but you're going up against cornerbacks that are under six feet for the most part and just don't have the length, especially the arm size. And then all of a sudden you're able to go up and get the ball, especially in traffic. And if you've got double team coverage and you come up with the football, as we've seen with DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Green has just as strong hands, I think, as Hopkins does. So that wide receiver room, what's going to come out of that during this Friday preseason game with or without Kyler Murray as your quarterback because I do think there are some positions to pay attention to, especially when you talk about receivers five, six, seven, and 8. Yeah, I mean, A.J. Green, like I said, he, he's a long strider. I'll take my chances on the 50-50 balls. And there are times we've seen him get behind the defense. And not always, you know, Malcolm Butler's on him. We've seen guys that have some speed uh, where he's able to get down the field. So you you got two big targets on the outside, and then you got your slot receivers in Christian Kirk and then um, Rondell Moore. You throw in Wesley, and then Keyshawn Johnson. I you know I would think he's going to back up possibly AJ Green, and he's now playing on special teams, and he's had a good camp. I I think you know last year he had a few drops. The first year he obviously got a chance to play in the month of September, and then kind of hit the wall. But so, and I don't. There, there was a report to Cardinals. You know, every week they bring in players. I still think Andy Isabella. Now he's got to. It's disappointing he's going to miss two preseason games. To be honest with you, but it is what it is. Um, but I still think Isabella isn't a six receiver right now. That doesn't mean he's going to dress on game day. Well, there was an interesting dynamic. Both Kingsbury and Murray asked about Isabella, and I think they gave. Two different answers to a certain extent. For Kingsbury, quote, it definitely doesn't help the development that Isabella is missing these games. Murray, quote, I think he'll be fine. It's been unfortunate. He knows everything in and out offensively. I definitely think he'll be fine, end quote. I'm not as convinced as you are, MJ. I've made that very clear even before the training camp began. I just, you know, two seasons, uh, there is certainly a lack of patience in the National Football League. We've seen teams move on from draft picks. In fact, the Cardinals did it with Josh Rosen after one season, so it wouldn't be a surprise either way. But you have to look, all right, if you do move on from an Isabella, who do you have that's as good or better that you can count on? And that's where someone like an Andre Bocelli or a Greg Dortch come in because similar stature, catch the football, can you work on special teams, and that would be the conversation if you're the scouting department in front of front office when you're talking about how many wide receivers and which wide receivers you keep. Well, I mean, Rondell Moore going to stay healthy for 17 games, Christian Kirk. So but Isabella can play on the inside and outside. Now, if Cliff really wants to go five wide, Isabella would be on the field. Um, Dorch and 
Bocelli, practice squad guys. I don't see them cracking the top six. All right, let's look at the running back position because preseason opener, Chase Edmonds got a little bit of time. James Conner obviously was on the reserve COVID-19 list. How much do we see of those two? Jonathan Ward, who was injured in the preseason opener, returned to the practice field during the open portion on Wednesday. And, of course, Eno Benjamin and Tavian Feaster. I don't know how much we'll see of Edmonds and Connor. Certainly don't expect to see them on the field at the same time. You don't want to show too much. But I think a lot of eyes will be on Eno Benjamin once again. Can you repeat your stellar performance against the Cowboys, now do it against the Kansas City Chiefs? And you're doing it against starters if you happen to get that third possession of the first quarter or going into the second quarter. Again, I think they keep four. Um, I think Jonathan Ward may have the edges because he's, he's – plays more on teams, even though Benjamin's getting an opportunity. And, you know, I don't think they're going to show Rondell more on the kick return or punt return. So that gives Eno another opportunity. He's also trying to be a gunner. So he's, to me, he's going to make the roster. It's just a matter of how many are active on game day. See, I, 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 we talked about this last week, Bird Gang, about Rondell Moore fielding kicks, whether it's punts or kickoffs in the preseason. I know he's working on it in practice during training camp, but I want to see it in a game setting. And and I feel like I'm an isle, on an island on this, MJ, because everyone's saying that we know what he can do. It's like, well, do you really? I mean, when the lights are on, there are fans in attendance. How confident are you that Rondell Moore can do it week one when you don't see it during the preseason? That's That would be my concern because if you're going to hold him back, uh, that's I, I, I need to see before just penciling him in. Now, we did once he was drafted. I was perfectly fine with that. He was going to be the guy, and I do think he is going to be the guy. How about we just give him some reps? Just let us get let him get his feet wet a little bit. Craig, he's been getting reps for the last four weeks. Training camp practice, yeah. different than preseason. But he's still filling the punts. You're, yes. you're more concerned about you know when guys are running down the field. Correct. He's very natural at that. He's getting jugs. I mean, I don't know how much you can simulate. They don't want to show it. I get it. They know what he can do. If they, they're willing to show a jet sweep, if they're willing to show a wide receiver screen, if they're willing to show a flip pass behind Colt McCoy, kind of a Statue of Liberty-esque, I don't know what the harm is in showing Rondell Moore that he can catch and field a punt. Well, don't you have to find out it, who else is the backup there? I mean, that's just a golden opportunity for Eno Benjamin. you got to well, find out. Okay, we saw that Yeah. on Friday. Now let's I, I, see I Rondell Moore. I, I don't need to see him in the preseason returning kicks and punts. So yeah, that's that's where you and I differ. Okay, I get it, but it's not like he's just catching punts twice a week. He does it every single day. I know. I get they, it. They got it on film. If they weren't comfortable with him, then he won't be the guy. Well, they were comfortable with Andy Isabella until they saw him in game action. Again, I, I get that, but I'm just saying there, there's. Let's not compare Rondell Moore to Andy Isabella. They're, we already we already had that conversation here on Cardinals Cover right, Two because. <laughs> I was told, like, when Rondell Moore steps on the field, if somebody on the side says hi to him, he doesn't say hi back, okay? He's got a different mentality. He's mature. He, This guy is – he don't give us cliches. So, Isabella's, you know, eyes wide open, played at a small school, didn't he put up numbers. There's no comparison to me. On paper, I know how excited the Cardinals were when they drafted Isabella. It hasn't panned out, but I wouldn't give up on him being your sixth receiver. Let's talk about the offensive line. Justin Pugh, the past two days, has not been spotted during the open portion of practice. Rodney Hudson and Kelvin Beecham were both given veteran days off on Tuesday. The offensive line, how much do they play? Certainly with Kyler Murray and or Colt McCoy. But there was some good, some bad 
week one against the Dallas Cowboys preseason opener and how well they protected Colt McCoy. I thought McCoy got hit a little bit too much, and then some of the backups struggled. Namely, Josh Miles did not look good from the tackle position, so I think the offensive line is going to have a spotlight on them this Friday night. Yeah, you had a penalty from Hudson, you had a penalty from Humphreys, and they've tried to cut that down. And I think if he has Kelvin Beachy, I mean, he didn't have his best game. And I told you, you know, he tweeted out a picture back to the lab. So he knows what he's got to do. Clearly, those are the starters. But you also got to find out who your depth guys are. You know, is I wish Justin Murray was out there. I wish Brian Winters was out there. You know, Max Garcia is your backup center. And, you know, he, he also can play guard. So, again, once they break camp and we look at that, you know, are they going to keep eight to ten linemen? They want that second unit to be able to fill in if something happens. We know there will be a little bit of drop-off just based on names. Some names to keep an eye on that are not kind of household names on the offensive line is Sean Harlow and Marcus Henry, some of those guys that we wouldn't see with the starters, but potential backup, especially on in the interior right. at guard and center, because right now you got Hudson, Max Garcia at your center spot. Marcus Henry has also gotten some time there as well. But you want to be make sure you've got a plan – B and C, especially along the line. Yeah, and, and Marcus Henry, he's got he's got some experience at that position, at least when it comes to snapping the ball. And I would say right now, you know, between Michael Manette, uh, Max Garcia, and Rodney Hudson, so I wonder about position flexibility. Where if you can do more, it's going to help you possibly garner a roster spot. If not, those guys could be on the practice squad. Anything we're missing offensively, Demetrius Harris? I'd like to see him a little bit more as far as the tight end room is concerned. You know how much. How much separation is there between Max Williams, Darrell Daniels, and everyone else? Can Ross Travis kind of get into that mix as well? And Daniels was not spotted during the open portion of practice on Wednesday, so that might open up the door for someone else. And then, you know, in the second half, do we get to see a little Bernard Sykovitz on a national television and that platform? Well, you know how I feel. I want I want him to get a touchdown. He's, <laughs> he's worked hard. You know, obviously the culture has been a change for him, and uh, – he, you know, he's he's a guy that came in raw. I mean, but everything you hear, he works hard. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And, and I think, he, you know, but the fact that Max Williams is kind of taking under his wing, that goes a long way. Um, but, yeah, he, she, he Ross Travis, to me, is, is really flashed in camp, but more practice squad. Um, you know, the thing is about the tight end position, really they're asked to block in this offense. Yes, 11 personnel. Max is a really good target down the scene. But at the end of the day, how many passes or targets are the tight ends going to get in this offense considering they can go four or five wide when they want to, and plus the running backs? Yeah, and, and unless all of a sudden the focus for defenses are Hopkins and Green and that middle is open, but you got to be able to have Kyler Murray with time to go through his progressions if the left and the right are covered then all of a sudden I'm looking dead center down the middle but that requires maybe an extra second a second and a half of protection step up in the pocket to allow that tight end if they're chipping first and then flaring out got to think Hopkins Green Moore and Kirk will have more targets than the tight ends yeah 
I would I would definitely agree with that. Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. If you like what you hear, we invite you to subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, the Big Red Rage, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Of course, this show, Cardinals Cover 2, and the Dave Pash Podcast. Just go to azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. All right, as we talk about this second preseason game, coming up on Friday against the Kansas City Chiefs. 5 p.m. kickoff, 1.30 p.m. Pre-game coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Defensively, MJ, is it once again about Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons, just those two tall trees, if you will, now all of a sudden going up against Patrick Mahomes and this Travis high, Kelsey high-powered offense? Yeah, you know, I talked to uh... – scout and I asked him what did you think of uh, Isaiah Simmons in week one he said he thought he was hesitant now he, he's I mean we know he's physical but he's he's very different than Zayvon Collins when it comes to physicality and you know obviously sticking his nose in the fan but he they thought he was a little hesitant he didn't play a ton they kind of made a reference to you look at Anthony Barr in Minnesota where you know those guys, they have to do a lot of different things, and they're hoping that you know he he's going to play in the slot. He's probably going to cover tight ends. He can um, you know rush the passer. Maybe that's going to be his his future, depending on what the rotation is. But they thought he was a little hesitant in that game, and but I would definitely want to see more of Isaiah Simmons around the ball, and I thought Zayvon Collins really passed the eye test. Simmons earlier in training camp was asked about and I can't remember how he got up on the subject on oh you know what he brought it up as far as covering tight ends and covering down the middle of the field and all of a sudden mentioned that all of, he got uh maybe you know what it was it was Zayvon Collins all of a sudden found himself on DeAndre Hopkins that's what it was and how Hopkins was just like a walk in the park as far as just catching the ball in traffic and Zayvon Collins you know you got this rookie and you're fighting this perennial all pro and all of a sudden he's just like it's a matter of fact just no big deal so yeah and now all of a sudden you've got the perhaps best tight end in the game and Travis Kelsey is it Zayvon Collins Isaiah Simmons do one or both all of a sudden find themselves covering Kelsey and that certainly would be something to pay attention to. well I mean there are times when we saw it with Jordan Hicks they'll take that um tight end or a slot receiver and they'll move them to the opposite side of the sidelines and you got to go out there and cover so there's sometimes teams will try to take Collins out of the middle and that's where you know they get the wheelhouse route and that's where Jordan Hicks struggled just didn't have the foot speed uh, I'll take my chance with Zayvon Collins out there now when we look at you know the the, the cornerbacks we know that the top three guys are Byron Murphy uh, Malcolm Butler and Robert Alford and then we think, you know, obviously based on what he's done and where he was drafted, uh, Marco Wilson will be active on game day. And then you look at Tay Gowan. He's flashed. I guess the question I'm asking you, can you go into the season with three veteran corners, one hasn't been able to stay healthy, uh, and go and then finish out the roster with two rookies at the corner spot? I, I think the Cardinals will try to go out and get another corner in, you know, Best case scenario is Gowan slides through the waivers and you put him on the practice. I don't know if they can afford to go in, considering Alford's 
injury history. Malcolm Butler, we know he plays all the games. We know that Byron Murphy's pretty much out there all the time. I, just, I think that's a risk. What do you say? You've got two veterans already there with Daryl Worley and Darquez Denard. The problem is Denard has not practiced in a long time, so I understand not wanting to go in with two unproven cornerbacks as numbers four and five, yet if you add another veteran to the mix, now you're keeping six if you don't want to lose Tay Gowan because you're afraid if you expose him to waivers, some team is going to pick him up. And that all of a sudden becomes, you know, teams are watching these preseason games and Gowan played a lot in the second half, targeted five times, I think held his own. Now all of a sudden that's on film. And if you're hoping to sneak someone through the waiver wire, one of these young players, a young wide receiver or a young corner, you don't play those guys you you hide those guys uh it's much different because and the other thing keep in mind MJ every team has these young players that they hope to get through waivers so you really have to want someone you have to have a scouting department that was very high on this player during the draft process and say let's follow him if somehow he decides a team tries to slip him through that always becomes a fascinating cat and mouse game here because you know, there I can give you five names that the Cardinals would love to get to the practice squad. Well, the Rams have five or six names. The, the Seahawks have five or six names. The 49ers have five, on and on and on. You, you, can't, you can't pluck someone or, or keep everyone, and then all of a sudden you're it, – it, it's the issue with trying to go from 90 to 53. My theory is Tate Gowan was a six-round pick, 223rd. He can have five interceptions in the next two games. <laughs> Teams, like you just said, Cardinals know what they have here. The defense is very complex. So if they if they claim him, they got to put him on their 53-man roster. He's not ready to play right now. I mean, Marco Wilson, he's going to be active on game day, and he was a fourth-round pick. And, you know, sometimes they get fixated on the picks, but I don't see somebody claiming Tay Gowan. Like, the conversation we're having, yes, you like to see Ross Travis – get on the practice squad, um, you know, possibly um, a couple other um, linemen or uh, DBs. Teams feel like I've invested four or five months with these guys. Nobody knows them better than we do or they do. Yeah, it's easy to say, well, that guy, we had a high grade on him. He was drafted 223rd overall. I don't see him getting claimed. Well, let's hope that is the case, and that's something to be fun to watch. I'll say this. It's all it takes is one team. But, that's true. But, but the key is you got to now – he hasn't been in your system, and you're going to put him on the 53-man roster? Yeah, and it's not just for one week. It's a couple of weeks, and I believe what you, it's, it's like three, three weeks. weeks. So, so, it's now, so not only it's an investment in the 53-man roster, but it's a, almost a full month investment or a spot on the roster. And i got to think if, he, if somebody claimed a guy like – Gowan, he would be inactive for the first three weeks, and then they got to make a decision because he he's not familiar with their defense. I mean, I, I, again, I I think teams that invested in these undrafted free agents and the late draft picks, they're investing in these guys because they know more than anybody else. They have everything on film. And then there's also those teams that look at your week one, week two, week three opponent, and all of a sudden a player from the Tennessee Titans gets released, yeah. and all of a sudden, hey, let's – pick him up or the Minnesota Vikings and it works the other way to try to get some intel some extra information and there are players that bounce around Charles a Knopf. lot yeah there you go <laughs> no but but at the, but at the same time though 
what I, the way I look at that is, you know, um, I got to think the Cardinals are going to go after a veteran corner, somebody that gets released that's been in the league four years. So now all of a sudden, you know, they can bring him in versus the waiver wire. And, you know, it's always touchy on that stuff. So um, that's different, though. They they have a grade on the guy maybe when he came out of the draft. Their scouts are at all these preseason games. And, again, you're asking him to come in here and be the fifth wide, or fifth corner uh, and it's really for more insurance if something happens to your top three guys. Obviously, Marco Wilson will be your first guy up, but I just don't know if you can afford to go with three veteran guys and two rookies at that position. Well, you also factor in the safety position, Buda Baker, Jalen Thompson, Deontay Thompson, Chris Banjo, who's been hurt for the past couple of days, Charles Washington, Sean Williams. Washington and Williams right there, there are two veterans – uh, safety position that are also huge contributors on special teams and do you add an extra safety because they can also do some cover or you disguise things differently in the secondary and then of course Isaiah Simmons's ability to cover maybe you don't need an extra or overload the cornerback position. Sean Williams was clearly a special teams player in Cincinnati you know James Wiggins he was a um, he was a seventh round pick went 243 he had a couple tackles on special teams. Now, can you slide him over? But what else is Sean Williams going to provide for you? Is Can he play a more safety or is he strictly a special teams player? And that's a veteran guy versus, you know, developing a rookie. Again, I don't – you start looking at Gowan, Wiggins, and Michael Minette. I think those are three guys I would say possibly slide to the practice squad. Let's touch on the defensive line real quick as far as players we hope to see. Obviously, Lucky Fotu missed the opener because he was on the reserve COVID-19 list as a close contact. Zach Allen is back practicing. Michael Dogby and Josh Morrow, who was just added, along with Jack Crawford and Margus Hunt. Can those players, you know, there'll be some valuable reps out there but I am curious to see now with Zach Allen, Alecky Foe, too, and maybe more of Michael Dogby. We keep bringing up Dogby because if you look at the rotation, if you keep seven defensive linemen, can Dogby be that seventh? Or do you go lighter at defensive line and then hopefully no one claims Dogby and you can bring him back on the practice squad? But how much of the defensive line specifically – we saw basically two down linemen against the Cowboys. Do we see three down linemen against the Chiefs? And I think a lot of that will just be depending on numbers, who, who's healthy. And if you don't have the numbers to play three, then all of a sudden it becomes, all right, well, it's foe two, it's Allen, it's Dogby, it's a rotation there as far as who's going to play the first quarter, first half versus the second half. Even though, you know, their top four or five defensive linemen are not going to play and stay on with J.J. Watt and Jordan Phillips and Corey Peters and Rashard Lawrence and probably oh, Zach Allen's back, I think I think they can roll out three linemen this week just based on the three guys they've added, Dogby, uh, Leckie, and Zach Allen, where you know, a couple weeks ago we weren't having this conversation. Zach Allen was missing time. Leckie was in um, uh COVID protocol. So, I, I, I mean, I know we're seeing I, – I, I would give Michael Dogby a lot of reps because he looks stronger, he looks the part, and if he's going to be part of the rotation, you know, when it comes to he, – he's not going to be inside. He's more of an outside guy where you got, you know, you got a lot of uh, meat and potatoes when you talk about Lucky Fotu and Richard Lawrence and Corey Peters. So – Dogby's a guy that can push the pocket. I think he's developed. I like the way he practices. 
Um, so, but I, I do think this week, even though they had the same players last week, but we didn't have a couple of those guys we just mentioned, I do think they can still go with the three linemen. But we have seen them two linemen and then bring in a couple of pass rushers or at least uh, linebackers. Does the fact that it's the Chiefs and what they do offensively, maybe three down linemen is not what you want because maybe True. they put more wide receivers, more tight ends, more running backs, and all of a sudden it becomes more about the passing attack and you just want to make sure you cover the middle with two versus three down linemen. Yeah, I mean, it's – again, I don't think they're going to show a lot, but that's a good point. And if they come out in three and four wide, then you know, obviously you're going to see two defensive linemen. The Cardinals are going to have to bring in their nickel or dime package, which is basically four to five defensive backs and – probably at least three to four linebackers. Preseason game number two Friday against the Kansas City Chiefs. The roster move, most recent roster move as we talk here on Wednesday, August 18th. What did you make of the Cardinals being awarded a waiver claim on punter Ryan Winslow, whom, for Cardinal fans, remember he was with the team back in 2019. Six punts over two games, including two punts inside the 20-yard line. Ryan Winslow is on the roster, and Tyler Newsom has been released. So Andy Lee, I think, is still your punter, but an interesting move to get Ryan Winslow back in a Cardinals uniform. Don't know what exactly they have planned for him, but I did find it interesting that, well, I'll say this. Tyler Newsom has a strong lead. It was just uh, very erratic, and we saw that on Friday night against the Cowboys. He he shanked a punt, and luckily for him, he got a 20, 25, 30-yard roll, and it looked a lot better than what it was. So maybe that's all it was. Yeah, I mean, Winslow, he was with the Packers. He has a strong leg, and, you know, Andy Andy Lee was in the same draft class as Larry Fitzgerald, and, you know, he's getting up there, but he's been very – um, consistent over the years. I think he took a step back last year on a couple of different things. Maybe it was the coverage units, et cetera. But put him on the practice squad. Something happens to Andy Lee during the season. At least you can have a guy in a pinch where you're not signing a guy off the street. And he's familiar with Jeff Rogers and, and when it comes to directional kicking. So I anticipate we're going to see him uh, obviously punt over the next couple of games. But I think it's more of an insurance policy because, again, Andy Lee, you always worry about, you know, hamstrings and groans, but you got to give him credit because he's always been there every Sunday. By the way, Winslow is also a uh, pit guy. Pit guy. Yeah, so both punters from the University of Pittsburgh. Not just a unusual fact. It's just a coincidence, but uh, found it interesting. I didn't even know he was on the Packers. <laughs> well, he was on the practice squad for much yeah. uh, for part of the regular season and, of course, during the postseason. Uh, so Ryan Winslow is back with the Arizona Cardinals. All right, MJ, what what we what did we miss? What is what are the what does the Bird Gang need to see or pay attention to, or do we did we cover it all here? Well, we could sit here and just you know make stuff up, but I think we covered it. Um, you know, it's just literally it's the who's the fifth and sixth corner, who's the six seventh receiver you know is it Pacelli is it uh, Wesley you know I think Keyshawn and Andy Isabella so you're really looking at the back end of the roster to where is this guy a 53 guy or is he a practice squad based on him clearing waivers another opportunity for live reps and another opportunity to put some good film out there especially for those players on the back end of the roster. 5 p.m. is the kickoff. The Kansas City Chiefs in town at State Farm Stadium. And of course, coverage on the Arizona Cardinals radio network begins at 1.30. And then following that game, we'll be able to talk about it right here on Cardinals Cover 2. And on that note, let's put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 
Special thanks, as always, to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.